Beautiful listeners, you know we love you, and we appreciate all the support you've given us to this point. If you would like to further support us in our art, in our effort to allow these wonderful conversations to continue to take place, head over to patreon.com slash inside the sound. You can't see because I, I prefer no video. I have no video on here, but I was just, just jamming, bro. I was, I was in the groove there. Really, stop this. Thing. Maybe it's better that they didn't capture your dance moves. <laughs> That's hurtful with the video. <laughs> Michael, see how see the shifts in in his in his perspective when the, when the record button is on. How different the demeanor gets. It's just hilarious. Uh, well, hey there, beautiful listeners. Welcome back inside the sound. This is Michael, but you can call me MJ for short. And this is Ryan. And we have a very special guest joining us today. We're very excited to, to have you here. Would you please uh, care to introduce yourself to our beautiful listeners? I am Cornell Gaskin, and I'm honored to be here on Inside the Sound. Welcome. I wasn't uh, sure. I I, I paused because there's a there's applause there's that applause? usually come in there. Um, there's a pause, like an animal paw, like a paw. The crowd. The crowd. Applause. Yeah, the cheering crowd. Oh, the crowd. The crowd. Well, um, you know, it would help if certain people who hit the button for it to start and waiting for the. Okay. Hit. There they are. Yeah. So everyone can hear, you know, me sweat it out here as I'm like, not, you know, I'm being so cheap. I'm not paying for YouTube and I'm waiting for like a 15 second commercial there. And I'm just waiting for the plot sound to come. And I'm, I really just, we're going to figure out a different way. It was a polite crowd. It was a polite cl- crowd. Uh, <laughs> Quina, I just don't feel like the, the crowd did it justice, man. I'm, we're amped to have you here, dude. Uh, we, we've definitely enjoyed checking out, you know, your, your music and your videos and, yeah, man. Just uh, like I was saying, we were saying this before we hit record. It just uh, Ryan and I both love talking to instrumentalists and and to you know uh, really people from all different walks of life and all different like genres. It's it's a lot of fun to talk to like different inst- different instruments, you know, coming from our backgrounds. So definitely, I'm honored to be here, man. Thank you guys for having me today. It's uh, I don't take anything for granted. I was thinking, I said, you know, a lot of people don't. Uh, people don't have to be nice i believe you should be nice uh, but there's definitely different levels and degrees to people's niceness so when people uh, reach out to you and tell you that they have interest in what you do and you know are just interested in what you do i believe and if you can you know your schedule will allow it to, to make sure that you you know make yourself available to be able to share because you just never know uh, my my mission statement in life is um challenging um changing and charging one life at a time so you just never know one what one life is going to be inspired uh, and motivated and you know just encouraged uh during this time with you guys today so it's a blessing well thank you again um we we do understand um the busy schedules that individuals like yourself have and uh lending some time uh is very much appreciated Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. welcome. Right off the top, um, we were listening to yesterday's tomorrow. That that song. Once <laughs> I heard that, I'm like, I, I saw you rocking the church behind the organ, and and I, I stumbled upon a video, and I'm like, we have to talk to this guy. And then I stumbled wow. upon yesterday's tomorrow, and while I was listening to it, that I was writing the email. <laughs> um you bring 
you bring a certain energy to to the music and to your performances that is very captivating i think captivating is is uh the right word um have you always been that person that can get in front of a room and just get everyone feeling the, the joy of music oh um, yes and no now um I, I'm, I have this saying that I've been saying for maybe like the last four or five years, and it's it's simple. I'm saying what I'm saying. <laughs> so I'm about to say something, that it, and it is what it is. Um, I haven't always had it, or I had it and, and didn't understand it and didn't recognize it. So when I was 13 years old uh, at church, we would have different um, preachers and stuff come in, and uh, the church would do fellowships with other churches from different parts of the, the you know the city and surrounding areas. And the people would come up to me at 13 or 14 years old and say, man, you sure are anointed. Man, when you play, man, something just happens. I just start tapping my feet. Uh, but those comments, I didn't begin to understand until I was probably in my like my late 30s, early 40s. I'm just starting to understand it to where um, internally I'm coming into awareness of like, wow, the music that I've been given is like, it's really, really bringing joy to people's lives. It's really, you know, lifting them and admonishing them and, you know, just like you said, captivating. I like that word. So I'm just now understanding because I always didn't. It was happening, but I, I didn't understand what was happening. Could you talk a little bit about what got you behind the piano or the, the organ in the first place? How would you describe your your musical origins? Sure. Um, well, people can't believe this story. And uh, for those who have followed me for some time, I, they've had to hear the story of how I did not want to play the piano. I didn't want to be an organist. I didn't want anything to do with black and white keys. I wanted <laughs> to be a professional drummer. That's what, that's a true story. No, oh, wow, okay. And um, the, the church that I played at in Long Island, uh, Long Island, New York, they went through a situation to where they didn't have a musician. And the pastor came to me and said, you're going to play. Um, and I said, no, I'm not. I'm going to be a professional drummer. And he said, no, you're going to learn how to play. And literally, you know, of course I lost because I was only like 12, 13 years old. I lost that <laughs> battle. <laughs> I had to give in. And um, my teacher from California uh, who I've introduced to everybody because I'm sure never, you know people didn't know who he was and um, I introduced him. He gave me four lessons and then he moved to California. He just left me. He left me. Life <laughs> circumstances, you know, kind of came in and um, took him back to California. So with like three or four lessons, man, in the key of C, I look back on those uh, humble beginnings and I'm still humbled and the rest is history. Something that I did not want to do has literally been something um, that has been such a blessing in my life to touch many, many lives, not just here in the country, but uh, abroad internationally as well. So what a blessing. Isn't it weird how life sometimes does have other plans for us? All the time, all the time. It just takes us so long to recognize that though, you know? Cause like, this is what I wanna do. This is where I wanna go. This is who I wanna be with. This is the business I wanna start. And and uh, I think when we get on the schedule of what life has for us, I think we feel more fulfilled. No, I don't think, I know there's more fulfillment, there's more peace, uh, there's more connections, not just any type of connections, but really valuable ones, you know? Um, meaningful relationships are developed you know during those moments when we just accept where life is trying to take us you know meaningful relationships yeah yeah you know it, it just it uh, it resonates with me because part of what you know ryan and i are looking to accomplish is we want to we want to create meaningful conversations and meaningful relationships with mm -hmm. with everybody out there right that we're connecting with it's 
Yeah. It's included in what it is that we're doing. I, you know, I love that you had, so I believe you said you have a mission statement and that you gave us your mission statement at the beginning, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, that you had, you just had that right there, ready to go. What was it again? It's challenging, changing and charging one life at a time. And uh, I'm curious about the process of picking this mission statement. How did you come to that? And, you know, what would, what's the story behind that? When you say in, uh, there's a definitely a story, a friend of mine, a famous guitar player, um, he's a gospel legend, but he's gone across the secular music. He played for Harry Connick Jr. So everything that is gospel music, as far as a pioneer on guitar, his name is Jonathan DeBose Jr. Absolutely phenomenal. We were talking one day. I was at a gas station. I'll never forget it. And he started talking to me and he's very animated. He says, Dr. Gaskins, Dr. Gaskins. That's how he be talking. Man, I'm telling you, there's something about you, man. Your music, your music, man, your music. That's how he be talking. And he was just like, you know, yeah, yeah. He said, I'm, I'm hearing something for you. I'm feeling something for you. I want to share it. He said, yeah. He said, everybody that comes in contact with you, Cornell, they're challenged. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Challenged. And he said, they're changed. Yeah, that's it. Everybody comes in contact with you is changed. And he said, they're charged. It's like a summons um, that you're calling people. You're charging them. You're giving them an assignment of responsibility uh, in life um, to do something, to become something, to change into something. You know, and, and he said, yeah, everybody you come into contact with, the three C's, you challenge, you change and you charge them. And I've taken that for like, maybe like the last two years. And uh, it's very, very, very powerful. And I'm finding that to be true. Every moment, every relationship that's established, started, acquaintance, colleague, it doesn't matter. That's what's happening. Challenge, change, what was it? Charge. Charge Charge is the third one. I just, I'm fascinated by, it, it seems, it seems like to me that this music thing is woven into so much more that's deeper for you in your life. You know, it's, it's like a part of something bigger for you. And I, I just, uh, I'm seeing it like you sort of, you, the way you piece apart your, I guess your, what's the word I'm looking at? Like your mentality, so to speak, you know, your, your philosophy, whatever you want to call it. We all call it different things, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Uh, how has like his music been, um, how does music push you and pull you in the way that you think about the world, like the way that you, your belief system, your, you know, how does it affect you? Oh man, music, music has been such a tool. Um, music, uh, people would say, and I found to be true. Um, therapeutic is one of the words. Therapeutic. Um, it's literally a sound. I, I love inside the sound, and. <laughs> to the sound of every individual. Everybody's carrying a sound. Everybody is learning how to make the rhythm work or to operate within their rhythm. That's right. Uh, in synergy, connectivity, all of these things. And so the sound of music for me uh, was something that literally saved my life. It's funny how, you know, I'm a believer in God and I don't make no, you know, it is what it is, you know, and I'm saying what I'm saying and I, I know for me personally, my personal opinion, God knew that the challenges in my life would need a sound that I would be able to identify with, a sound that even when I didn't understand its power, understand, you know, what it could produce for me, um, how it can keep me, you know, not wanting, maybe not wanting to live, maybe not wanting to carry on and go on, you know. I always say this, I think it's interesting in life how when people look at people, you know, and it doesn't matter. You just don't have to be a famous or a celebrity, um, but people, just ordinary people, because at the end of the day, no matter how famous you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter, you know, the magazines, the records, the the, the, the fame, the whatever, it doesn't matter. We're still ordinary people. Uh, and, and some of us have just learned to do extraordinary things. You know, we're still people. So if people only knew what it meant or what it took to get out the bed in the morning. People only knew what it took to get out the house and to continue to produce and to continue to be productive and to continue. It takes a lot, you know? So for me, I'm so grateful 
that this sound of music uh, was something that always resonated with me when I didn't really understand what it was being used to do. Uh, it cultivated a lot of aspects of my life. Um, it, it literally formed and shaped things as I learned about, you know, humanity as a whole. It's, it's funny how we don't understand, like I was talking about the rhythm, the connectivity, synergy, we're all connected, you know? And it, it goes across nationalities, ethnicities, it goes across cultures. Music is the only thing that doesn't need your permission to enter you, you know? And so it's like, if we all knew that um, this music is some, a powerful tool to bring us together, to bring people together. So it, it deals with a lot of our, our issues of, of today uh, when it comes to politics, when it comes to uh, race, when it comes to uh, religion, when it comes to so many different things, music has definitely shaped my view of how I see people. And we're all people just trying to learn how to live with one another, how to really love one another, care for one another, be there. What does friendship really mean? What does love really mean? You know, um, how can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I assist you? So music has definitely through trial, error, difficulty, uh, hardships, it's definitely shaped the man that I have become today. And, I, and I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that God chose music, the piano, the organ, drums, production, teaching, um, to just be able to connect with people. I, I definitely uh, can empathize and uh, relate to a lot of, of what you said there. Um, it feels like an inevitable point uh, that music is a universal language. Yes. That it, it transcends almost everything. And yes. it, it hit music, I believe, is the one thing that hits you on that deep emotional level. Like you said, you don't have a choice. You know, <laughs> you mentioned, uh, you know, how, how people told you uh, when you played their, their foot just started tapping like they didn't have a choice. You know, it's just this very potent um, form of communication, I guess. Yeah, I distinctly remember the the uncontrollable urge to smile when I saw that first video and like your expression <laughs> and how you and what you were jamming on. I was like, oh, man, ear to ear. I was like, right away. Yeah, when we were um, listening to your track uh, together earlier, I was like, you can't, you're not going to have a bad thought. You're not going to feel bad about life after listening to this music. Like, you're not going to, you're not going to feel down anymore. There's this, very, it's infused with a very positive energy for sure. I can't describe it, but it's, I, the only way I can describe it, it's like, you know, when company puts you on hold and there's always some kind of music. And if, if this music was playing and, and the guy comes back, I'd say, you know, can you put me back on hold for a minute? I need, a, I need some, I need time. I need a, uh, I need, I need to stay in the moment here for just a, a little bit longer. Like that's, that's kind of how it feels. Wow. Wow. You know, um, if, if you feel it a appropriate, uh, cue, could you, elaborate a little bit deeper on how music saved your life sure. uh it's come up more than once and sure. i know i know i definitely appreciate hearing those types of things and uh sure, sure. I, um i've uh, told a story on a couple of different occasions i under begin to understood understand a couple of years ago the power of a narrative um, but the narrative of a person's life changes and has the ability to change. So it's not just about um, where you were born, your heritage. It's not just about uh, who you were born to, your last name. It's not about whether you were born poor, whether you were born rich. It's not whether you were born and, you know, and, and almost didn't make it and whether you're the product of divorce or you're the product of, you know, um, dysfunctional families or drugs or whatever the case may be, that doesn't have to remain a narrative. 
the pain and the hurt of life and the various different things that you go through, whether it's the loss of a loved one. And that's pretty much leads me to what happened to me. I lost my father at eight years old. And uh, that was very, such a traumatic experience in, our, in my life. And I, I think from many different, many different facets, uh, or many different ways of looking at it, you know, people don't understand the trauma that men go through or have been through in their narrative and how that leads them to various different things, bad choices, bad relationships, you know, bad decisions, all of these different things. And, you know, if there might be men that might be listening to me that might have a, you know, a, a pivotal moment in your life to where, you know, you experienced trauma, you lost someone, someone that you loved, or, you know, it could have been a girlfriend, it could have been, you know, um, a mentor or, or whoever. And so for me, it was my father and he was my hero. My dad was my hero. I didn't know much about him. I just knew that he was there. And I remember, you know, having a home, feeling loved. But when he left, everything changed. You know, and I went into a depression for over 20 years. There goes the music. God knew that I would lose my dad. God knew, you know, for me that, you know, I would come to this place to where this narrative would begin to form to where I was a fatherless child. And he knew that he would use these things. He would use those times when I walked alone, when I didn't have friends, when people didn't understand me. I would smile on the outside and everything is connected. Everything connects in my narrative. And that might be true um, for you guys as well, Ryan and Michael, and for those who could be listening. But people used to say, Cornell, man, when you play, my feet just start tapping. People would get up and shout and run all around the church and do all this kind of stuff. And they've been saying that for years. But it didn't connect. This is the reason why it didn't connect for me, because my dad wasn't there. I lost my hero, you know, and I was broken and I was angry. I was angry at God. I was angry. You know, I didn't believe in myself. I lost my confidence. I fell into um, low self-esteem, you know, insecurity, all of that. But the music was given to me to help to change my narrative. It kept me in times where I didn't want to live. I tried to commit suicide at 15 because I hated my life that bad. But it was the music, it's the music. And through my life, through the decisions, through so many other things that happened in my life, it was always the music. And then I began to understand, wow, I went through uh, fatherlessness to become a father to those who need fatherly advice and fatherly wisdom. So now the things that I didn't have, now I'm finding, there's a story, you guys might laugh at this. <laughs> Uh, but it helped to shape my narrative that it didn't have to stop at my trauma, but I can actually be healed of my trauma, the traumatic experience of my life. There's a story of Simba. Y'all remember the Lion King? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, Definitely. And uh, there comes there comes a point to where he lost his father and he's looking in this the water and he was looking for a father and he was looking for that love. And I can imagine all those things. I mean, it, it resonated with me. Though I just sat like, wow, that's amazing. But when he looked in there, he finally seen that he was the father that he was looking for. And he had to be it and he had become it. And I've, I had that same thing to where the father that I was looking for, someone to affirm me, someone to tell me that you're going to be all right. Just someone, to, a father to just put his hand on my shoulder and, you know, give me a hug and tell me, you know, Cornell, you're, you're great. I was to become what I never had. And I think that's interesting. We were talking about before we started, you know, uh, and then some things we said at the top. But it's funny how life has a way of kind of just it has its own plan for you. And when you get in tune with it, when you line up and align yourself with it, uh, you find that it brings you the greatest joy. So to hear people say, Quinnell, man, I, I needed your words of wisdom, man. Uh, man, you, can you be my mentor? Can you be my coach? I see why now the trauma, why all the pain, why all the, it was to help somebody else. You can't help somebody with something that you don't first possess yourself. You have to grasp it yourself. You have to, you know, accept, you know, and learn and grow and become so that you can be able to give people what you, what you have, you know, gotten over time, you know? So yeah, the music saved my life, man. God used the music to save my life and give me that, that it's a greater purpose. The music is just an opportunity to say something. And when I have that opportunity to say something, what will I say? 
Thank you for being so candid. Go ahead, Michael. No, I just it just made me think. Well, what would I say? It's the you know it's the universal language. It's the it's the thing that we can use to express things that that you you can't actually put into English. It's not possible sometimes. You know, it's, it's everybody understands it on some level. I always like to say uh, we're all everybody's a musician because everyone everyone's heart beats in rhythm, and yeah. then the, those are regular heartbeat folks. Those are you know, they're just jazz. And, Come on. You know, it's we all have it in us somewhere. I mean, I know I do. I've heard of people who say they hate music. That's happened. I you know in my life once or twice. But in, by and large, you know, all cultures, everybody we've talked about this like. It all resonates. I mean, it's a different kind of music for everybody, maybe, but it's all the same thing. You know, it's infinite. It's yes, yes, yep. I uh, I really appreciate you um, talking about the the tribulation because uh, depression is a very very real and very intense thing to experience. Yes. I know because I've I've walked that road for for many years too and you know you talk about getting yourself out of the house you talk about how sometimes getting yourself out of bed a seemingly small thing that maybe most people don't even think about right yep just get getting up can be daunting so yeah it's it's i very much appreciate on a deep level individuals who have gotten through it and are willing to talk about it because people in the midst of it need to know you can make it it's possible good man yeah that, that is my that is my sentiment 100 percent. it led me to open myself up to the search i was you know i was looking for god you know for me you know and, and i found god it you know the pain and the things introduced me to not a healer but the healer to a relationship with him and it changed my life man it changed my life he began to, to show me that my father's job was to get me here to release this music that would give me an opportunity to give my opinion about the God that I serve, you know, about the God that loves me. And, you know, my father, you know, even though he was taken early, you know, at a young age, I think my dad was maybe in his thirties when he died, forties, early forties. And, um, he was the vehicle just to get me here. His whole purpose was just to get me here. Like the world needed what I have. You know, and I've been on a journey ever since to find how to use the music to be able to connect with people, to be able to bring healing, you know, to be able to, to, to bring wholeness, to bring awareness, you know, to enlighten, to illuminate, you know, uh, and show people, you know, that no matter where they've been and no matter what they've been, been through, that they can make it. They can make it. Was there a a particular moment when you knew that you wanted to give back? Because like you said, uh, you don't necessarily have to be nice. You know, even if someone went through something terrible and made it through and they have that experience, they don't necessarily have to help other people get through their uh, trial in life. Uh, was there a moment when you knew or a catalyst or something that made you want to to give back? Well, definitely. Um, I think as a teenager, once again, it is something about when you're kind of operating in something or you're operating with a, a level of gifting or you're operating in a place to where people see like there's something there or even when people can't see there's something there, there's something there. And so I found the ability to be able to connect with older people and have the right words to say as a teenager. And I found this thing of just kind of being, being, you know, aggravated by the lack of unity. And I'm like, well, what is this thing about, you know, people don't want to come together. So like in New York, 
you know, where I'm from, it was always a thing of, you know, Long Island doesn't have any musicians like Brooklyn and New York City and like Harlem or like other areas. It was always like a competition. I hated comp I hated negative competition that made people feel bad about themselves. I couldn't stand it. And so I started talking about it and trying to bring people together and trying to use the music to bring guys together to play, even ladies, you know, women to sing, girls to sing. And I was able to do that. So I was doing things that was bringing people together because of there was a frustration in me for what I was seeing that was bothering me. Like we're not unified, we're not together. Like, yo, let's let's make music, like let's come together. Let's, let's bring our differences. Don't set aside your differences, bring your differences, bring what you do that's different from me. And how can we, you know, encourage one another and possibly make something to encourage other people. So um, just trying to make the connection from, it was happening and then really begin to understand, ah, so the people that wouldn't teach me and wouldn't show me how to play and show me chords and show me runs and stuff, it was necessary, you know? So I think it's interesting in, in many of our lives and maybe you, Ryan and um, Michael, y'all can identify with, you know, when someone, you're looking for someone to do something because you know that they can help you or you really feel that they can help you, but they don't. And you begin to start asking the question, what is wrong with me? You know, why won't they help me? In some cases, or in a lot of cases, that's necessary because it's trying to birth in you the desire to help others. So I said, wow. People wouldn't show me how to play and give me certain things, but now everybody I run into, hey man, that chord is nice. What, what you doing? Okay, here goes the chord right here. I'm playing a, a F minor chord. I'm going to boom, 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 and here play it. Now everybody I come in contact with, I'm encouraging where other people didn't encourage me. <laughs> so it put this passion in me to consider others, to consider where I was and how it made me feel less than, to make sure that everybody I come in contact, make sure that nobody doesn't leave Cornell's presence without feeling better, mm -hmm. without feeling empowered. That's a power that's within. And uh, I'm at the point, I'm at the point of my life, at a point in my life at 41, you know, this catalyst, this unlocker, I used to call myself Cornell the unlocker. <laughs> And what that dealt with is the ability to be able to unlock other people's potential. I think that uh, life has been tired or, yeah, I can say it like that. Life has been tired of people fabricating and, you know, kind of faking and appearing to be something that they are not. And it's ready for people who are willing to be ready to be real and to be honest about their narrative and be honest about, you know, where they're at and really wanting to be better instead of putting on this appearance of everything being okay. And like, you you know, your God's gift to the world and nobody else's. It's like, it's enough of putting people down. It's time for us to just be honest about where we're at and get better, become healed, be empowered, you know, unlocked from the inside out instead of living life from the outside in. That um, authenticity is something that we've grown to appreciate, um, especially doing this show, you know, people that are willing to be their authentic selves. And, and we, can, we can actually talk about reality. You yeah. know, like you're saying, most people, most people are really good actors and and the fear of others opinions kind of keeps them from telling the truth about themselves yep. and i understand that you're not obligated to tell every last intimate detail about your life to other people i get that mm -hmm. but at the same time you know opening up like you've already done today it's it's something that really can can help people that are that are afraid maybe to to talk about things to know hey i'm not the only one mm, mm. that's had to go through this yeah. you know and that 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 alone could give people hope definitely definitely that's what it's about that's that's what it's about that's why i'm living 
And, you know, they used to sing this old church, Ryan. They used to sing this song. Uh, Ryan Michael, they used to sing this song in my church. My old church has a, a little boy coming up. If I can help somebody as I travel along, then my living will not be in vain. And so that's really something, that's where my mission statement, my friend Jonathan DeBose, you know, uh, he, I mean, I don't know. It had to be God that gave that to him because that's all I've wanted to do is just help. Who can I help to stop, you know, um, to stop, you know, not believing in themselves, believing that they can be better, believing that they can be more, believing that they have more, you know, embracing the positives, embracing the greatness that is them. All of us have greatness inside of us, but it's difficult for that greatness to, to come out if we're stuck in unforgiveness of other people and stuck in unforgiveness of ourselves. And why did I let that happen? And why did I do that? And why? Nah, let's come to grips, settle. Let's deal with these things. Get it out. Everything that stops us from being great. Let's go. Let's come together. You know, and I believe our world is waiting to become this better place. Well, how can that happen with everything that's happening? It can. I don't believe everybody will get it. But for everybody who will, let's keep trying. Let's keep pushing. You know, let's join hand in hand and bring our giftings and our talents and bring our resources together to just be able to lift as many people as we can. Uh, you, you know, you brought up a couple of very valuable thoughts, uh, things that I think people maybe should take into consideration as far as the power that a false narrative or a wrong label, you know, being yeah. put on people can completely stifle a person's potential uh, in life and, and how it, the society we live in, it, it, it really seems like some of these labels and these narratives are as strong as they've ever been. And, you know, anything we can do to to help people realize that they can decide who they want to be mm. you know like you said everyone has greatness inside of them and you can yes. you can choose that for yourself like you it's just it took me a long time to realize the how potent labels and false narratives can be i guess mm. Mm. Me too. You ain't by yourself, right? You ain't by yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of like, that's the whole process of what people do when they want to completely take advantage of another population. People, they, there's a label that comes, whatever it is. It happens everywhere. It still happens. It happens today. It happened in the past. You know, this is, the, we use language to put other human beings in the box and then that that's the path that's a different path objectifies the person you know as a as an object not a person and i don't know i i i like the idea of using the tools that we have to to you know i don't know work for good i don't know how else you'd say it but like to help people uplift people i i definitely man i have i have a deep appreciation for this and i you know, I, it's funny. It, I uh, I enjoy I enjoy the process that that you get with this, like the gospel performance. You know, this connection with people. There's something deeper that goes with this. That um, I don't know. How, I can't even describe it, man. Because like I was I was on a tangent on on Tom Petty, like just like playing his stuff over and over and I couldn't stop listening to the organ. It's the best part. And I don't know. I mean, I love all the guitar and every, the bass, everything, Tom's songwriting, lyrics, all that's good. But I just couldn't get away from this, this organ sound. And there's a lot of great, great rock and roll that, you know, incorporates. There's some, what is it about like this, this, that particular type of sound that like hits us so deep and has, it resonates with people we're still playing it in churches now. You know what I mean? Like it's been, it's been going on for a long time, but the organ's still around. Like, I, I don't know. Why do you think that is? Oh, man, that's a very, very, very loaded question. And uh, man, we might have to, uh, when we connect, when you come or maybe have to do a part two to really, really unpack that right. But I can say for sure, 
in this moment, um, the organ, there's, there's something about the organ. Mr. Hammond, when he made this organ, boy, oh boy, oh boy, he really did something. Um, and I think the same thing for pipe organ. Pipe organs are absolutely oh, yeah. majestic sounding instruments, but I think it goes beyond that. So I know about sound and guitars and, you know, I know about strumming, the acoustic. I know about the electric. I like that you say guitar the same way. I do guitar. That's how I say it. I don't know why. And and, and the bass and, you know, the the clav and, you know, the the flutes and the the instruments of an orchestra. I think it goes beyond that. Um, I think it really has to do with the the person. It has to do with the the life of the person. Uh, It has to do with the purpose of the person. You know, um, you take a fish out of water and you don't see its genius. The fish's purpose is, is to swim. You take a bird out of the air and you don't see its genius. And I think for a lot of us, we're learning how to embrace and accept our genius, you know? Uh, so I believe the instrument that we are is more important than the instrument that we play. So whether it be an organ, a piano, a guitar, a flute, uh, you know, a, a banjo, a drum set, percussion, whatever it is. I think that what I'm what I'm learning in my life is I want the sound of heaven to come through my fingers. I want it to come through the lyrics or come through the, the arrangement, through the composition in such a way that the music that doesn't need a person's permission is able to resonate and to sit, you know, in them to cause them to just think about life differently think about their purpose what have they been called to do so i think it's not just the organ um and it has to do with the gospel for sure but to have the gospel and not yield to the gospel (laughs) you know it's like okay i'm playing gospel music but i really haven't let it do what it's supposed to do what it was created and made to do i think that that is um that can that's interesting but to have the gospel understand the gospel and really let it resonate with you and change you woo, it's a whole another another thing and there's so many examples that we can give tonight between all three of us that we will be here all night into tomorrow probably for the next week of people that we know who have it just wasn't about the instrument it's about the interest, instrument that they became, you know. They just came in and began to understand that who they were was more important than the instrument that they played. And so that affects, affects definitely what people hear and what people mm-hmm. feel. And it's I know true. That be true. It's true because, yeah, like it's part of this journey. And we had, yeah, we've, we've had some great discussions with some talented minds uh, about this very thing. And the, like removing, removing, uh, yourself like getting out of your own way and your channel yeah has come up being a pure channel for yeah. whatever it is that you're trying to get get out and i like saying that that like with the and i think this would apply with the with the organ and keys i'm, I'm also a key player at least i have in the past whatever uh you know but mostly i mean i, I i'm a multi-instrument i play lots of instruments right that's i love it all i love and and i did you know i'm the one that had to beg my parents for piano lessons, Ryan begged to stop, begged, please let it stop. But he, it's funny how parents will force us. And <laughs> and then some of us, you know, I had to beg. I was like, oh, let's do it, please. Anything I had to like find my own way, right? We all, I feel like we all find our way when we yeah. pick music as a, as a, as some kind of a, I don't know what to call it, a path or, you know, it's like, I don't know. There was some point in my life where I decided the rest of my life, I'm going to always play an instrument somewhere, whatever instrument it was. And this process of like, how I look at life, how I am in my day to day, it it changes my relationship with the instrument, and it changes my relationship with uh, my expressiveness. If that makes sense, I get out of my own way. I can express myself, and oh, and yeah. way more that with with uh, less friction, so to speak. Mm, I love it. Yep, yep. I love it. I like that. It's true. It's true. Now to be. Do you have any um? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, Ryan. My bad. Do you have any um, insights into 
how an individual might be able to express themselves more purely with their chosen instrument. Mm, definitely. Definitely. For me, um, I think the, the one of the greatest things that we can do is to speak from uh, um, from your own experience with it. So I know I've experienced it. You know, for me, it's come through prayer. It's come through meditation. It's come through um, instead of I think what music, most musicians do, um, a lot of musicians, uh, I think it's safe to say, is we play a lot of times thinking about the people that we're going to play for. And I think in doing that, you know, we definitely need preparation. We definitely need rehearsal. So I think that that's great. But on an individual level, you know, for me, I've learned, I have something that I call, you know, worship time. <laughs> and so it's my time to I come in and I'm not thinking about playing to for anybody. I'm not thinking about a stage. I'm not thinking about a performance. It's just like me and God and the keyboard. And I'm coming in. And even if I get beyond playing to just, you know, beginning to be healed, tears coming down my face to where I can't play anymore. You know, now I'm just grateful and like, I thank you for bringing me past my hardships and the struggles and the times where I wanted to stop playing. I remember when I, the time I was so hurt, I didn't want to play anymore. I just wanted to throw in the towel. And looking back at those moments to where I'm glad I didn't stop playing. I'm glad God didn't let me start playing. So getting to a place to where you play and you just play and you just experiment and you just hear yourself, tape yourself, you know, but it's between, it's you, it's just for you. It's not for people. It's not in preparation to do a performance and to play a big venue or to do a gig. Nah, you just play. And uh, that's what has helped me so much. So now this audience of one, as I would call it, somebody shared that with me many years ago, you know, between me and God. Now when I come see, if you ever see my eyes get big and it's like, I'm literally hearing heaven open it up and it's saying, go here. It's saying, try this. And so a lot of things that I'm doing is stuff I've never done before in that moment, because it's like heaven opens up to me and that connection. And it's just like, I want somebody's life to be changed in this moment. Yeah, it's, it seems like the ritual of how you describe doing this is like a way of removing friction from entering into that zone, like where you find inspiration and, and you know, uh, on the spot kind of like um, improvisation type of, I mean, improvisation sounds like such a dry word, uh, you know, when because I, I, I know what you're describing. I know this feeling that you're talking about, because to me, it feels like revelation is the word I would want to use sometimes. It's like, you know, uh, it's just, it's just, it feels so divine, you know, to get this, to, you get like, a melody uh, that you're maybe, like, whoa. Uh, Michael, a personal revelation, maybe? There you go. I like that better. It's, it's that way you can assign it to the person and not claiming to, to anything beyond the music, of course. But uh, I've heard it too, Ryan, like in session with you, man, when we've been playing together and you'll, you'll pull out some little melody and I don't know where you pull out of, right? And I'm just like, man, that's, that's it right there. Yep, that's you know, it right there. I think uh, Hugh brought up a, a great point because once you decide, you know, I want to play for people. Mm. And then you get into that mentality where you're, it ends up being there in the back of your mind, right? Even when you're practicing, even when you're alone playing it, the, the idea of who's going to be hearing it, unfortunately just seems to be there somewhere, yeah. you know? Yeah. And when you can just get rid of that and get back to like the first time, like I think of the first time I ever picked up a guitar, mm. I just wanted to play the thing just because I love to play the thing. It makes cool sounds, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I think of, I think of some of the best music we wrote. It, it happened when we were just playing because we love to play. Yeah. Mm, I love it. Wow. Man, I couldn't, I couldn't have said it any better than you guys personal revelation and, you know, and being able to just, get all the get all the stuff out and focus it's like when i do you know if 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 quincy we pray that he continues to live but if it if it be quincy jones or it be any other jazz legend herbie 
when I get to play in front of them, you know, um, I don't want to be playing to try to impress them. I have nothing to prove. <laughs> nothing. You know, when I do me, nobody can be, be Cornell because there's only one, you know, when Michael, when you do you, nobody can beat you, man. Like nobody can't. This is, I just want to not interrupt, but this is very true. I just point that out. Okay. <laughs> you know, and so at the end of the day, you know, when you get all the other stuff out the way and you, you're not trying to, you're not trying to make any impression, but the impression that's supposed to be there. The impression is, wow. You know, I got to tell you, like if you approach just if you meet a new person and you go about your life, you just approach it from that perspective as well. Like you don't have to be anything other than you. You know, you just it's just if you live your life this way, it removes a lot of friction in a lot of circumstances. Like it's it's a it's a beautiful, amazing thing. Yeah. If you try that, that it's it's what he uh, mentioned earlier, Michael, which is being real with people yeah. those are the people that you like the best right oh, yeah the ones that are authentic the ones that aren't afraid just to say yes the truth couldn't say it no better man could could not have and that's what i'm learning man but like you said there's a lot of things that we learned uh, learned in life you know that that it has affected our narrative. It comes through culture, customs, beliefs, traditions, and things that is passed down. In front of this person, you have to talk like this. And in front of this person, you have to be this way. And don't you dare do that. And don't you dare. It's like, okay, okay. When, when can I think my own thoughts? You know, you know, take the good and take the things that you know, but then develop my own, you know, presentation with that. Like I am Cornell Gaskin, or I am Ryan, and this is who I am. I am Michael, and this is what I do. So for my brothers and sisters out there, you know, you know, it's like we got to learn to be ourselves and not just the version of ourselves that's low or the version of ourselves that's undeveloped or the version of ourselves that hasn't been cultivated. But don't be afraid to grow. Don't be afraid to learn about different subjects and learn about different things to not just be, uh, you know, relevant musically, but relevant in life because, man, it's great to kill on the bandstand. Oh my God, he just tore it up. He's amazing. But then what is your conversation like? You know what I'm saying? Can we take you out and, and trust you? <laughs> Can we take you out? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, there he go uh, with his, you know, there they go with their negativity again, or there they go with this, you know, it's just, so it's like, you know, don't be afraid to develop, you know, and add other things to become a better version of yourself. It's okay. It's a great thing. Yeah, I I feel like, um, especially now with so many false standards of of beauty or of of intelligence or success or what have you, uh, people. It's almost like they're living for for someone else, True. instead of choosing their own path and and being who they want to be yeah you know and i so that I, oh, that sorry. freedom right it's freedom i'm just going to say it's it's synonymous with freedom right being able to choose your own path and be who you who you actually are all the time and be oh. cool with it <laughs> that's, right. that's right it's not easy you know i look at it as trying to be more I'm, I'm, I'm done trying to be better. I'm trying to be like more me. I believe in, I believe in what I am is I'm not perfect or anything. I don't think I'm uh, an angel, but I, you know, I'm good. Like I try to be good. And so I trust in myself that, you know, being more like me is, is a good thing. Um, but I have to take, I have to look at it from a certain way. If that, if that makes sense. I, you know, I'm not trying to necessarily, I don't want to be better than, I don't want to, I don't want to be a better version of me. I don't want to be better than anybody. I don't think I can be better than anybody. I don't think I, I don't think that's possible. I think we're all just different forms of the same thing that have gone through these different experiences. It's, it's really impossible to even understand what someone has gone through, let alone think you're better than them or worse than them or, or anything. You can't compare. Yep. 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 Yeah, and, and, and oh, I, you know, a way, 
that I'm learning right now is I have multiple mentors. You know, um, there's a guy named Jim Rowan. I listen to Jim Rowan. I listen to um, Earl Nightingale. I listen to uh, Bob Proctor. Um, then I listen to John Maxwell. I listen to um, uh, Eric, the hip hop preacher. There's so much information that I'm gathering and how to better myself and how to make sure, because <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something that's interesting and I love this word applies, revelation. So a revelation that I got about my life and about where I am um, is you can play, you, you, you can play, but you can't play your way in. Let me explain. You can play, but you can't play your way in. So seasons change by not level by, it doesn't change by the level of your playing. It changes by the level of your saying and what you speak. So coming from where I came from, I was in depression, so I was very negative. And so I can play, but my speech or my thoughts about myself was really low, man. It was really, really low. And I had to change that. I had to develop. I had to seek and pursue and find how can I heal because my I don't have the confidence that I need. Like, I don't believe I'm good enough for this room. What? Like, yo, but you can play, but I don't believe I'm good enough for the room that my plan is going to give. So I had to begin to start speaking and change my verbiage, my language and change my mentality. So, you know, the, the revelation to me was, well, now you, you, you can't play your way, way in. You have to say your way in. So I began to start saying where I wanted to be. And I began to saying that this is going to happen. And this is my bucket list of people that I'm going to play with, that I'm going to work with. And. I'm not just going to play and then don't, don't negotiate. Now I have a love for playing, but how can I give away keyboards and do these things if I don't have the finances and the means? Okay, I have to learn how to negotiate. Wait a minute. And I think some musicians have been through that, meaning they play and they, they're good, and but they don't negotiate. They don't take care of business, you know? And I want to help those who have experienced what I experienced. Man, I could play. But I'm like, man, I'm having a difficulty playing my, paying my bills and take care of my family. Wait a minute. No kidding. Then I know. <laughs> <laughs> the broke musician yeah. thing is a stereotype for a reason. Uh, what do you think? What do you think most people are like getting it wrong when it comes to the negotiation part, the business side of it? Where, where, where are musicians like missing the beat? Well, they're missing it because they don't like. Like I said, that that revelation to me. You can't play your way in. No. Playing doesn't negotiate price. You got to open up your mouth and know what your you know what you're worth and what you need. You got to understand the engagement. You got to understand the people that you're around. You got to understand you know the situation that you're in. You know you can't go in a situation to where everybody's getting a certain particular price and they're telling you this is what the budget budget is and you you requiring this amount of money. And then you can't go in a situation that is paying more money. But then you don't negotiate nothing and they put out the first thing to you and you take it. But other people made more money than you. So you don't get what you're worth. You don't get how valuable you are. You don't get you don't get money based on how amazing you are. You get money based on you sitting there and having a negotiation. This is what I would need for this particular engagement. I need this. I need plain fare. I need both. Man, it's a whole thing that I'm preparing to be able to to show the basics. And I didn't know this. Man, I've been playing fifty dollars. Man, I'd be playing $25. I used to play and people used to take me to dinner. That was my payment. <laughs> uh. They would buy me, they would buy me lasagna. That was my payment for a whole week of work. <laughs> I love to play. I will work for steak and whiskey. Just so, <laughs> I'm just putting it out there, folks. Just putting it out there. I don't have any shame. And I'm, you know, I'm really good for is, a solid hour, I think. I, I will say this, though. I love food so much. That deal might be tempting, though. Yeah, it's, it's pretty tempting. I tell you, when I say back then, it was definitely tempting because I was younger. And I just loved to play. But I got a wife and children now. And people that need my help. Like, I got dreams and visions of hmm. building things and building buildings and creating, you know, curriculums and things. It takes relationships and it takes finances to do that. So now I can't be coming and taking away from my building process or just coming out and just letting people just give me anything because 
T-Mobile and the other light company and Spectrum and all these other companies, they don't want to hear that. <laughs> and so I think if we change- It's not an option. Yeah, for It's sure. not an option. It's not a, what legacy am I going to leave for my, for my children if I can't begin to establish that this is what it takes to get me to do this? Because you know when you get me, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. People are going to be in tears. People are going to want autographs. You know, and that's not <laughs> bragging or boasting. It just is what it is, you know? And so it's like, if, if I bring that and I'm- This is the energy I bring. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. What is that worth, you know? You know? What am I worth? What am I worth? And then learn how to negotiate that at the table or on the phone or get a manager to speak for you and give them a, man, I've learned so much. Like, oh, this is how my brothers and my people, this is how Herbie and Chick did it. This is how Corey Henry and, and others that have gone before. This is how they do it. They set up and they, people speak on their behalf, managers, or they know the business and they conduct business. This is what I need. You don't do this, you can't make it happen. Um, that was a thought that, that was kind of bouncing around in my head. Um, I think we talked about that last conversation, uh, that being good enough isn't enough. You know, there's the other side of the business side of things that you also have to understand. Yeah. I, the so the communication, the relationship building, the, can you write an email? Uh, not really as well as Ryan, which is why he's the email king, aren't you, buddy? Email king, uh, king of emails, wizard king. I, I, I don't know. I think the title should be somewhere between wizard king of emails or grand, you know, grand president of emails. You're the best. Just complimenting your email skills. It's really important. I'm just, no one's laughing. Okay. But it's, it's important to me and I'm grateful for you, Ryan. <laughs> it's you fine. Go. Courtesy laugh. Courtesy laugh. Thank you for laughing at my <laughs> sense of humor. But you know, but yeah, the communication thing is so important and, and knowing how to make a good first impression <laughs> you know it, it's these little things so important yep yep guys man i, I love y'all man i i have to get ready to get myself together to get on out of here but oh you got some place to be let's we'll we'll wrap it up here where can our where can our listeners find you if they want to come come check your out check out your stuff also if you could uh give a quick plug to your your course, your music. Yes. Course. Oh, for sure. Yes, definitely. Okay, so they can find me cornellgaskin.com. Q U E N N E L G A S K I N dot com. And they can find me on Instagram, Minstrel Q M I N S T R E L. And just the letter Q. They can find me as well um, on TikTok, Cornell Gaskin. And on Facebook, Quinnell Gaskin. And so those are my social media handles. And then my course is called Stay the Course. And you can find it as at www.quinnellgaskin.com. All right, wonderful. Um, well, one of the things we also like to do when we when we part is, uh, you know, if you have any final words of wisdom you want to share with, uh, with our beautiful listeners, anything at all. Uh, first of all, let me say again, thank you so much. Uh, Michael and uh, I appreciate y'all for allowing me to be a part of this I really truly truly enjoyed uh, being on and sharing and um, I would just say you know don't be afraid to be different don't be afraid to be great don't be afraid to heal don't be afraid to be vulnerable don't be afraid to improve the greatest room in the world is the room for the improvement you know don't be afraid to make mm. changes don't be afraid to let go of people uh, let go of people, places, and things. Don't be afraid to go back to school. Don't be afraid to do something you've never done before. Because until you do something you've never did before, you cannot become something that you were not before. So don't be afraid. You know, don't operate in fear. You know, um, don't allow the past narrative or the narrative to this point to be the and all, to the be all, or to be the end of your story. There's still possibilities for great things to happen in your life. So continuing to love is my inspiration and love is my motivation why I do what I do. And uh, we're going to continue to challenge, change, and charge one life at a time. 
Yes, we love it. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, Ryan, what about you, man? You usually have a word of, well, do you have any words of wisdom for, for us here as we, well, as we part? I have the, the usual word, which I'll give in a sec, but, uh, you know, this conversation and um, in light of, of recent events that have me thinking, maybe the question we should be asking ourselves is how do we want to be remembered? Mm-hmm. And that, that'll help us uh, find the direction that we're looking for. But uh, most importantly, let's just be wild and free, baby. That's right. Folks, thank you so much again. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, you, know, you, you know we love you. Bye. I hear inside the sand.